Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing pretty, pretty well. Uh, I don't see you across from me today. It looks like you're on travel a little bit here today. Yep, out of town, out of town a little bit uh, this week. So, yeah. So, you know, it's it's pretty neat. You know, well, first of all, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. Uh, good morning to our our uh, WAVA, WAVA Washington D.C. listeners, as well as our new listeners on Family Talk Sirius XM one thirty one nationwide, and taking a little advantage of that, Chris, in in, in a Chicago studio here this weekend. So uh, enjoying this this coast to coast simulcasting, I guess, get get hooked up in a in a Chicago studio. So nice. that's that's a good thing yeah. as far as that goes. It helps out. With uh, family travel and things of that nature. So, yeah, so how's well, Chicago? It's good. It's windy. <laughs> they call it the Windy City. There's a reason for that. So it's all good. It's all yeah, good. That's so, awesome. You know, we start the show off each week with uh, what happened in the markets, the economy, what's going on. Just g- g- give a little little indication. You know, at, at the end of 2017, the S&P 500 did 19%. And year-to-date right now, it's up 3.52%. So with all this volatility that's been going on and the market pullbacks and everything, we're still positive for the year while the Dow is up just a hair under 3% at 2.93. So, you know, this this hasn't been a, a cratering effect or anything like that on, on the markets. And really what's triggered this is <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said that he doesn't see that they're anywhere near neutral on raising interest rates. In other words, he sees more rate hikes coming down the road. When you look back in history, you can see that as interest rates tend to climb more and more over time, it just sort of slows down the pipeline of capital in the economy and then just chokes it off a little bit to the point where things stall and and, and you have to start a new business cycle at that particular point. So that's what people are afraid of. While you know you you take a look at some of the fundamentals in the market and in the under in the, and the underpinning of the economy. One of the things that, that the, one of the main reasons people buy stock is based off of future expectations of earnings of that corporation. 
And we're getting we're in earnings season right now, October, November, and a little bit into December. Corporations are reporting for their third quarter earnings, and so far, 15% have reported, and 83% of those companies have topped or exceeded expectations by market analysts, which is good. In other words, earnings season is strong. Corporations are doing very, very well. The economy's strong underneath this volatility. So. What brings, you know, if, if the markets are so, if, if the economy is so strong, it begs to ask the question, why this volatility? Why do stocks go up and down? Well, it's what they do, but let's break it down a little bit more. You know, the markets are trading on interest rate concerns, as I, as I sort of alluded to a few moments ago. Again, as interest rates creep up, it slows off capital to, to the overall economy, it, it, and, and especially the, the 10-year Treasury note, which is tied to, um, uh, housing, it's tied to interest rates on credit cards, car loans, mortgages, student loans, pretty much any type of a time to uh, time type of a loan there. And as it gets too high, it makes things too expensive, which slows it down, which helps meet the mandate of the Federal Reserve. Again, which we're going to talk a little bit about more uh, the, this morning. Second thing that the markets are trading on right now is is geopolitical tensions. You know, what's going on with all of the, the tariff talks and, and, and the stuff that's happening in the Middle East right now? Uh, that's a concern to the markets as well. Because the markets, Chris, they want to have clarity of direction. You know, they want to make sure things are smooth sailing. That's how the markets are. They want to spook cl- pretty easy, though, don't they? They can get spooked. The market does get spooked very easily. There's no doubt about that. And, and that's why you have to understand what you own. You know, find quality, buy it and hold it until that quality goes away or your investment objectives change. Pretty simple. The third thing that the market's trading on right now is, is fear of a global slowdown in, 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 the, you know, in the worldwide economy because of tariffs, because of geopolitical issues and things like that. So bottom line here is in a handful of months, these tariff conversations, trade talks and things like that are all going to be ironed out. They're going to be different than they are today. And one of the unique things about Wall Street is money will seek its place on the planet that gets its best risk-adjusted rate of return. So stay tuned, and these are times that you need to understand, you know, what it is you own in your portfolio. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about your financial planning future chart, and and um, how I'm going to break that down into seven seven different sections today. Some of the questions you need to be asking yourself, you need to be asking your financial advisor if you're working with one. These are going to be a lot of questions that 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 uh, you need to examine in your own investment planning and and what your family goals are with money and things of that nature. Uh, also, uh, each week we put on our on our website LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the radio icon there, and we put up our uh, one of our topics today. One of our topics is diversification, so we'll be talking about that as well. You can go on there, click it, download it, and uh, learn a lot about diversification. And I'll be breaking it down into a couple more uh, a couple more deeper steps, I, I should say. We're going to get in the weeds a little bit on it. Before we do that, though, let's uh, see. We have to take a quick break here. If you want, we'll open up the phone lines for any of your calls. Give us a call on estate planning, taxes, what's going on in your 401k. If you have questions on interest rate, Fed policy, what, what's happening in the markets, the economy, give us a ring on any subject matter at all. We'll make it open mic, fr- open mic Saturday. How's that sound, Chris? I like anything, it. I like it. anything at all that you want to give us a ring with, give us a call eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five Rose one two three or eight five five. 
767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. Right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. We are so glad you joined us today, and thank you for doing that. Don't forget, you can always call Larry right now, live in studio, with any of the questions that have come to your mind this week with regards to your portfolio, those pesky finances, or those wonderful finances, depending on the situation you're in right now, you can possibly get some answers to any questions that you have. Again, 855-767-3123. Larry. So, Chris, in summarizing the the section we just did there on the markets and the economy, at the end of the day, you can take a look at this also as a buying opportunity, too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with where the markets are flat right now for the year. So think about that. Dollar cost averaging, putting your dollars in each month, each pay period, whatever the, the interval may be, you're getting the, you know a, a good share price given – the fact where the markets may be down the road if you know when when they uh, start to come back again once things settle out and get get a little bit of clarity of direction so I want to talk a little bit about diversification today. You can go to my website again, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the radio icon there, and this whole section is is, is up there. It's downloadable if, if you wish. Talking about diversification, and, and you know, the, the old adage is, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Because, you know, you want to make sure that you, you cover different parts. And, and the, the fundamental definition of diversification is, is putting investments in different places so that they react differently at different times in the market when the markets are, are, are doing different things. In other words, you might have one investment that's going up now, very nice, and, and another investment that, that, that may be a little bit flat, and when the markets change, they reverse, so that you're, you're, you're getting an overall average return. And one of the things that people often misunderstand is just because you have many different mutual funds or ETFs, that doesn't necessarily mean you are diversified because behind the scenes you could be investing in the same stuff. You know, you might have three large cap growth mutual funds, but when you look inside the holdings there, they're all investing in pretty much the same thing. So you're really not diversification. We call that diversification, actually. You're diversified. <laughs> Yes, exactly. When you have a lot of different investments, but behind the scenes, they're invested in the same stuff. So you want to make sure that when you're looking to get proper diversification on your investments, that you you have 
you, you look into the prospectus of the ETF, of the mutual fund, or you take a look at, at, at how this stock is classified if you're buying individual stocks, and, and make sure that they, the funds and things don't have what they call style drift. In other words, the mutual fund today might be invested in, let's say, large cap value, but over time it slides over to large cap growth and it goes back and forth. Now, there's nothing wrong with that type of a fund, but understand that you could end up having a lot of your money in the same asset class. And the key principle behind diversification is when you introduce another asset class or another section of the economy, if you will, just by bringing in a new section of the economy, by definition, will reduce your risk. And that's the value that diversification really brings to the table. Can you, can you talk about some of those different sections of the economy? Are you talking about technology? Are you talking about what, uh, medical? Or, or what are you talking about? Yeah, so, so when you break down diversification fundamentally to begin with, if, if we were in the classroom, you, you would say, okay, equities meaning stocks and then fixed income meaning bonds and then cash or cash equivalents like treasury bills or CDs, things of that nature. So now go take the stock section. You can have, let's say, small company stocks, large company stocks, and mid-sized company stocks, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you're taking the stock section now and you're breaking that down even further. So now let's take small company stocks as an example. You can have small company stocks that are growth-oriented, small company stocks that are value-oriented, and small company stocks that are a blend. They do a little bit of growth and a little bit of value back and forth. And that depends on the valuation of the share price. Same with mid-size and large-size. So, so there you, you have you know, almost nine boxes to look at domestic-type stocks mm -hmm. when, when you're breaking that down. So if you study the, the markets here over, over the last few years, you've seen that large company and small company growth stocks have really led the way. And the number one performing asset class since 1926 has been small company stocks. Okay. Yeah, that's asset classes too, right? But there's even within asset classes, there's parts of the economy, there's parts of the you know different sectors, right? Right, and that's exactly what you're driving towards yeah. is sectors. Is now you can you can let's take large company stocks. You know your WalMarts, your AT and Ts, your IBMs, your Home Depots, those types of stocks. Apple's, Microsoft, those types of stocks. And I just named a handful of different sectors. Mm -hmm. You can say, hey, I want to invest in in biotech. Mm -hmm. Not healthcare, but biotech. And then another sector might be I want to invest in, in healthcare, okay? Um, another section might be technology. Well, what type of technology do you want to invest in? Something that we would call big box, your Apples, Microsoft, things like that? Or do you want to invest in um, uh, microprocessors, things that, that sort of run the, 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 you know, things that make the tracks to run the trains. Mm -hmm. Do you, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. if, if, if your Apples and Microsofts are the trains, well, they got to run on a track, right? So now you're looking at, at uh, you know, NVIDIA and, and Micron and things of that nature. So you can keep breaking it down more and more and get much more um, uh, specialized in the sectors that you want to invest in. And when you do that, you really need to be convicted of saying, okay, I'm going to take a piece of, of, of my investment portfolio. Let's say you're going to take 5% and you're going to put it into, uh, you know, semiconductors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're right, that's wonderful. But if you're not, well, you know, that's 5% that could pull a drag on your portfolio. So you want to make sure research, that research, research, right? There you go. That's right. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure, again, that you have the broad scope of diversification and that you use different products as well. Because another, another facet of diversification is product allocation. 
Now, what's the difference between mutual funds and ETFs? Or the difference between ETFs and ETNs? Mm -hmm. Should you have an individual stock or just only be invested in mutual funds? So, so what, what are the purposes of these different products? And they all have pros and cons to them. You know, one of the huge advantages of a mutual fund, you talk about diversification. Boy, it hits you right between the eyes with diversification. You put a dollar into a mutual fund, and you instantly own a fraction of a share of multiple hundreds and hundreds of companies. That's well diversified. So a mutual fund is going to bring lots of diversification to the table, but it also has some cons to it as well, whereas an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, you could use that more of what you were talking about earlier, Chris, as a sector play mm -hmm. where you can say, you know what, I want to get a little bit more into technology right here or a little bit more into the housing market or, or wherever it may be. And then you can say, all right, I'm going to take a piece of the pie and put it in there. So, you know, when you break it all down, you can really take a good look at it. And, and one of the tools that we use, we, we use a handful of different tools, FactSet, um, Morningstar, and, and, and a few others where a prospective client will come in and say, you know, this is what, what we have. We want to take a look at it, and we'll put it into the software, and then it will, just, it will just populate all these different reports that will basically show you how, you know, how you're diversified, and it'll show you, you know, in times like this of the markets, this is what could happen up or down with your existing portfolio and give you a weighted rate of return as far as, you know, your risk-adjusted performance goes and, and all types of information. And, and by the way, you should be doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, people listening to this show, you should be doing this, whether it's on your own or with your financial advisor. You should be working and looking at at least once a year, at the very least once a year, populating this software. You can go to Morningstar.com and just do it right there online if, if you know what you're doing with it all. And it shows you the sectors that you're invested in. It shows you your your risk exposures, your capital gains probability and taxes if it's not in an IRA account. It shows you all types of things that really enable you to do some proper financial planning and sort of a health check on your uh, in investments and things like that. So, so hey, again, you can, you can go to my website. What did you say? No, I was just going to say, I mean, so if you're shopping for funds, for example, there's two funds that are investing in the sector that you want to invest in, and there's you know, actually there's probably hundreds of funds in the same sector. How do you drill down and know which of those funds is a good fund to buy versus you know um, the other one? Well, you're talking about now the screening process. In other words, you know what what is my screening process versus your screening process versus somebody else's screening process to determine, hey, I want to buy this fund versus that fund. Because they don't all perform so, the same way. There's some that perform. No, better. they don't all perform the same way, and and they also have different widths of guardrails on them as well. You know, you might have a mutual fund that's in large company growth stock position. And it might have a very tightly defined thing of saying these are the only stocks we are going to buy. You might have another fund that's categorized in the same space, and it very well might say, well, we're going to buy a little bit wider variety of, of stocks. So, so that's one of the first things that you look down to is, is what, what is what we call the style drift discipline on the mutual fund. You look at all kinds of things, past performance of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> of how it's done in different markets. You look at the tenure of the manager, the management team. You look at the expenses. You look at the, at the turnover ratio, which, by the way, a, a turnover ratio in a mutual fund is, you know, that's deemed to be one of the 
downsides of a mutual fund because the fund management team is is they're always all year long buy sell buy sell buy sell mm-hmm. buy sell mm-hmm. that creates transactional charges that gets levied against the fund which increases expenses and if the mutual fund's not inside of an IRA or 401k or the government TSP or something like that that could become a tax liability for you at the end of the year because the mutual fund manager's buying and selling all the time so so you look at what's called the turnover ratio of the mutual fund, Chris. So there's so many data points. We'd look at the beta of the fund, you know, how much does it go up and down versus the market. We'd look at the standard deviation, the expense ratios, all different things. There's four different expense ratio categories inside of a typical mutual fund. Most people only look at one. We'll look at all four of them. So we do a very vigorous screening process on, on a mutual fund, on an ETF, on a stock, on, on everything. Uh, you know, it's important to understand what you what you own. You have to know what you own inside of all that. So when you go and you look at your investments, ask yourself, how did I get to these investments, and am I covered in different areas? You know, we have sent out thousands of our financial planning toolkit over the years, and this really enables people to to sort of break down and and draw a line in the sand and ask these types of questions. Where am I now? Am I positioned where I want to be, and and what does it look like going forward? If you want to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And again, go there this morning, LarryRosenthal.com. You can download uh, this topic that we're talking about here today, uh, diversification. After the break here, we've got to take another quick break, I see. After the break, we're going to come back with financial future planning chart. We're going to talk about seven different sections of what you should be doing in your personal financial life and multiple questions in there for you to start thinking about and building your financial plans, your strategies, multiple generational financial planning, as well as talking with your advisor if you're if you're uh, working with one and keep them on their toes as well. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Thank you. 
Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thanks for listening today to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Larry's uh, enjoying his time there in Chicago, and I'm hoping that uh, you're going to bring something back to me. I don't, I don't know what, but something. You know, I just feel like, you know, I, I should get something, right? Don't, don't you bring things back to your kids? I do, Chris. Yes. <laughs> I'll bring you a souvenir from the studio. How's that sound? Thank you. Thank you. It's yes, important to yes. me. Again, yep, absolutely. I'll bring you a gift. No worries. No Just worries. Just a lollipop or something. I don't, you know, I'm not picky. I'll bring you something. Right. Okay. How That's about good. a muffin? Muffin's good. I like muffins. <laughs> no worries. I'm always hooking you up, taking yes, care of you. you so. Anyway, so, hey, again, you know, welcome uh, to our new listeners on uh, Sirius XM Family, one thirty Channel 131 Family Talk. Uh, you know, uh, we're very excited to, to be on there as well as still broadcasting locally in the D.C. metro area. So uh, uh, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We're, we're, we're talking this morning now about uh, there, there's a chart that we, we have uh, that we, we step our clients through, which is called Financial Future Planning Chart. And it, and it covers seven different sections, investment planning, estate planning, retirement planning, insurance planning, cash flow budgeting, assisting loved ones, and tax planning. And I want to break these areas down here because this is really what's inclusive in an overall uh, financial plan with, with, with clients when you're talking about multi-generational planning. I mentioned at the top of the show today, we're going to, we talk a little bit about multi-generational planning and, and how that may look for you to make sure that you have well, sort of a good feel on, you know, if, if you may have to uh, help uh, uh, parents one day financially while you're even retired or if you might be expecting an inheritance one day, making sure that, that it's going to the right, right people, right places, charities involved, however it may be, and, and that there's as, as minimal tax exposure as possible with all of this. So, you know, when we look at the investment planning box, we already talked about a portfolio review uh, the, this morning and, and how that may, may look, asset allocation we talked about. Let's talk a little bit about time horizons of different investments because when you sit down and you say, okay, I'm, I'm saving money for something down the road, what are the typical things that we save for? You know, we, we, we save for cars, we save for college tuitions, we save for vacations, we save for retirement planning. Houses. Houses, exactly. We, we save for big ticket items, if you will. So what are what are the time horizons of all of these things, and how do we go about separating within our investment accounts different buckets for use for these different events at a specific point in time? How do you go about doing that? And, and, and that's the question I'm posing is, is, have you thought that out? What are you doing? Because do you want to take the same money? Do you, do you want to take money out of the same investment that's aimed towards college funding as well as retirement planning? Are you just hoping it all works out? Because at the end of the day here, you need to make sure that as you get closer in time to needing the money that you want, you need to be more, you need to be positioned in a more conservative manner. Because, you, uh, again, you, you want to make sure that, that you don't have a lot of risk with the assets that you're using in, in a short period of time. Then we want to talk about withdrawal strategies. How are you going to withdraw money from your different investments when it comes to your investment planning? 
from a tax perspective, which which bucket are you going to tap into first? Because we, you know, are you going to take money out that's never been taxed? That's like in a 401k plan or a traditional deductible IRA. Are you going to take money out of your non-IRA accounts first? Are you going to take money out of your Roth accounts first? So we're looking at tax strategies here. And the rule of thumb is let's back into this. And a lot of people aren't aware of this, but the math is amazing in your favor if you do this correctly. And that is to take your tax-free money last. In other words, the money that's inside of your Roth IRAs, whether you've converted money to Roth or you've been contributing money to Roth o- over the years, whether it's, it's in your own IRAs or it's in your 401k uh, selection choice, that's the money you want to take last in life, really, because you're letting compound interest grow tax-free, basically, for yourself. And that's also the money that can pass on to heirs, too, in a tax-free manner as well. So, so breaking down withdrawal strategies in your, in your plan what are the strategies when it comes to tax? Next, you want to take out, uh, or, or, or first, you really want to take out the non-IRA account, the one that's subject to capital gains uh, growth. So, so, and then the traditional IRA or the 401k, it's sort of in the middle there. <coughs> Excuse me. So, my point is this: is that taxes are the most expensive thing inside any investments. Stop and think about it. Who, who takes up to, you know, a third of your profits, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Uncle Sam does. So if we can understand the tax strategy when it comes to distributing our assets, you could end up saving a lot of dollars for yourself down the road. So it, withdrawal strategies are very important. Hey, you've been then, talking about some of those changes coming up, too, with that, isn't there? There's up on the halls of Congress about the required well, distributions ta- yeah, changing. and. The, they are. They're talking about tax strategies uh, uh, or, 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 you know, tax changes 2.0. And mm-hmm. some of the things that they've been talking about up there get me very excited when it comes to the required minimum distribution uh, as, as well as some other, other facets as well. Maybe, maybe even a chained capital gains tax. I don't see that going anywhere uh, but because it would be too, too, uh, uh, too forgiving on the, on the tax side of things. But you never know. You know, um, you know, another thing, too, in, in investment planning is monitoring and coordinating all of your investments together. Typically, what we find, Chris, is people will have money, uh, you know, w- at, at different 401Ks, you know, his 401K, her 401K. They'll have some joint monies together and things like that. And a lot of times when we sort of unpack those and look at them all, they're invested in the same places. So here's the rule of thumb that a lot of people overlook when it comes to investing in your 401K plans. You want to take the best investment choices in your plan and the best investment choices in your spouse's plan. And then money that's outside of that, you want to sort of wrap around into some different places that's not inside either one of your plans. That's going to give you the broadest scope um, the best risk-adjusted possibilities when it comes to investing your dollars. So you want to have a coordination of everything when it comes down to, uh, uh, you know, overall family in, in investing and everything. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. During the week, you can go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. If you want to get any information that we're talking about, be happy to send it out to you. So that's LarryRosenthal.com or give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening.
listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. We appreciate you listening each and every week here Saturday mornings to Larry Rosenthal, the Larry Rosenthal Show. And Larry is with us this morning, taking your calls at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. So, Chris, we're getting some questions on uh, Roth conversions, mm. uh, which is near and dear to everybody's heart out there. How do I get more tax efficiency in, in retirement years, right? Mm-hmm. And a uh, couple different ways. Start saving money on the Roth side of the ledger. You know, when when I, I was explaining to somebody not long ago, if, if I were to bring in 100 financial advisors from around the country into the studio this morning. It wouldn't fit. Sorry. You know, they wouldn't fit. That's for sure. Um <laughs> But the first third would tell you, put as much on the Roth side of everything as you possibly can. The next third would say, no, 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 don't do that. Put it all on the pre-tax side. And then the last third would say, have a combination of both. And that's where I sit. I, I feel that you should have a combination of both strategies because on the traditional IRA or traditional 401k side, you get an actual tax deduction today, and no one can ever take that away from you. The money grows tax-deferred. The problem is when it comes out in retirement years, it's taxable. Whereas on the Roth side, you've got to pay your tax today and then save it. So you're saving it on an after-tax basis. However, the money grows tax-deferred, and if you keep it for you know until you're 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer, it can come out all tax-free. So I like the idea of having money on both sides of the ledger. And... One of the things that that a lot of people do in in retirement years is they will start, when their income drops a little bit, they will start to convert money from their traditional IRAs to a Roth. And and, and to to be surprised, everybody, you don't need to have earned income to do this. And and you can do Roth conversions over age 70 if you wanted to. A lot of people aren't aware of that, but you can do that. And so uh, sometimes people say, well, wait a minute, Larry, I've got you know $700,000 in my IRA. If I convert it all, that creates a massive tax. Absolutely it does. So in those cases, what a lot of people will end up doing is they will do what's called series of little conversions, where they will convert pieces of their IRA each year. 
you know, if you if you convert ten thousand dollars a year over ten years, you've converted a hundred thousand dollars now over to the tax free side of things, uh, for you to live off of tax free further down the road in retirement, and also pass on assets to your heirs more tax efficiently because it's tax free to them as well. So. In, in, in planning, you know, we get a lot of questions here, and we've, we've had some this week here on Roth conversions, just, you know, talking a little bit about it there. And, and if you own IRA money, here's the rule that you need to start off with. Everybody who has an IRA should look, not necessarily run out and do, but should look at whether or not a Roth conversion of some sorts would be wise in their family. Uh, you, you really should take a solid look at that. So I'm going to ask you this question then: What if any? Would you would you want to ever not get a Roth IRA at the upfront? Why would you want to get another one? I mean, you kind of explained a little bit of that. I mean, for tax planning purposes, I guess. But for the most part, if you're starting out today, it sounds like a Roth IRA would be the best bet. So here's the way that that it sort of plays out, Chris. Since you said starting out today, when you said that, it sort of rang in my mind of okay, you got the typical 25, 28 yeah. year olds starting mm-hmm. out, you know, things like that. I would highly recommend, because their income isn't that high, to start putting money into the Roth side of their savings. Mm-hmm. But at some point, their, their income is going to escalate as their career grows. And then they're going to get to the point where they're going, I'm paying a lot in taxes. At that particular point, now you may want to start putting money onto the pre-tax side to lower your tax uh, liability each year. Gotcha. Okay? Uh, and remember, also, employers, even if you're putting money on the Roth side of your 401K or, or 403B plan or whatever type of plan you have, your employers, when they match, they will always match on the pre-tax side. So you're getting money on the taxable side when it comes out in retirement. You might put money on the Roth, but your employer's matching always goes to the pre-tax side. So you're getting dollars there. So so that's sort of the timeline, Chris, of, of visually thinking about it. You know, as, as, as people's income increases – you're going to want more ability to put it on the pre-tax side. So in most cases, employers don't offer a Roth IRA as a solution in their retirement plans. Well, a lot of employers do. A lot of employers will offer a Roth IRA. And one thing, too, is is remember this, too. If you're interested in, in maxing out the Roth side of your savings, you can put all your money on the Roth side of your 401K. And if you're over 50... 50 years old, you, you can put $24,000 away on the Roth side. In addition to that, if your income enables you, you can still put another $6,500 away into your own Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So you can save a lot of dollars, you know, over $30,000 on the Roth side of your, your ledger every single year, uh, plus your spouse. So think about that. That's a lot of Roth savings that you can actually do. Um, w- with it all. But it also gives you, you know, I, and, and we have clients that, that year by year, they'll look at putting money onto the Roth, putting money on the pre-tax. Depends on what their tax situation really is. And that's one of the beautiful things about tax diversification strategies, going back to the top of the show a little bit, is being able to sort of control where you're saving your dollars. But the trick here is understanding the distribution process in in these different tax systems during your retirement years because you want to be as tax efficient as possible while you're receiving your income. You know, one of the rules of thumb is, hey, how do I turn my investments into tax efficient streams of income from reliable sources when I need the money most, right? And I need to, by the way, I need to outpace taxes and inflation. So there's a whole lot of stuff that goes involved with making sure that you maintain purchasing power during your retirement years. And taxes is one of those areas, Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, if you have questions on Roth conversions, it's coming down to the end of the year here. We have several weeks left. If you want to do some conversions, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'd be happy to send you out a kit or, or some literature that we have that sort of steps you through the different rules of Roth conversion strategies, the do's and don'ts, and should it be should you use it and i would put it into a financial plan speaking of a financial plan if you go to my website larryrosenthal.com and on the first page there you'll see uh, a, a video of how our financial plan works i talked earlier this morning about uh, monitoring your outside investments making sure everything's congruent making sure everything's working well towards you and your family's goals on the different investments you have whether you have money in the bank or different 401ks or investment strategies at different places or investment accounts excuse me at different places how do you coordinate all that if you go take a look at our financial plan our software actually does that it reaches out and it pulls together all of your investment accounts your bank accounts your mortgages your credit cards everything like that into one easy to view place so go visit my website larryrosenthal.com and you'll see that video there hope we're going to take a quick break here let's keep the phone lines open if you have questions on anything this morning give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 that's 855-767-3123 I'm Larry Rosenthal we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense you are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123 that's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Youth for Tomorrow. You know, we started a girls program in 2003. And... You think you've seen it all and you've heard it all until our children walk on campus. And they will steal your heart in a moment. They'll steal your heart because they come with nothing but hope. That's all they come with. The FBI calls and says, you know, we, we arrested a sex trafficker last night, but we still have the sex traffic victim. We know you're the only facility in Virginia. That'll take a girl like this. Do you have room for one more? And we say yes. If you would like to help, go to youthfortomorrow.org. A place like Youth for Tomorrow is an oasis in the difficult world that we live in today for these kids. Joe Gibbs founded Youth for Tomorrow because he wanted to give back. If that's how you feel and you would like to help, go to youthfortomorrow.org. That's youthfortomorrow.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and get uh, Larry a call. He's live in studio here today at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. I was just thinking during the break, Larry, um, about having an opportunity for a young person who's just getting started. Of course, the first thing you want to tell them to do is start with a financial plan, right, and get a financial planning toolkit. But if they wanted to start, say, a Roth IRA, what's the, what's the procedure? Where do you go shopping for something like that? 
Well, you can buy a Roth IRA pretty much anywhere, Chris. You can buy it at a at a bank. Uh, your insurance agent can probably sell you a Roth IRA. Okay. The the a stock broker, you know, a financial advisor, you can buy them anywhere. Direct at a, direct uh, to a mutual fund company. Mm-hmm. All a Roth IRA is is simply a piece of paper that says, "Hey, government, you know, um, treat this money that I'm putting in according to the rules and regulations of the Roth." section of the tax code. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You choose where the money is going to go, whether it's going to be in stocks or bonds or CDs or, or whatever the case may be. You choose if you want to do it yourself or if you want to do it through a financial advisor or, or an investment person at the bank. So, you know, I'm, I'm more biased, obviously, towards financial advisors being independent versus, you know, people that, that are restricted uh the to online banks, make for example. Yeah, like yeah, it's, you know, thing, things of that nature mm-hmm. there. So, so yeah, so you can you can get that product anywhere you want. You know, just remember, it's just a piece of paper, and and the true product. What's going to drive the performance of it is the underlying investments that you put into it. That's what that's what the deal is. So you know, hey, you know, I was re- reading this weekend and. To li- just listening to some of the stuff in 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 uh, the, the the press when it comes to money, and we're not going to turn this into politics or any means. I'm not going down that road, Chris. But you know, talking about uh, Larry just, for uh, president. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> talking about the different um, uh, just just some of the things that that we read in articles, and when it comes to my industry on on money management and investment strategies and things like that, and and you know, in, in Proverbs twenty eight twenty two, it says, "A stingy man is." eager to get rich and is unaware that poverty awaits him. Stop and think about that. If, if you're out trying to get as, as wealthy as you possibly can, now, now we all want to save and do well for our families, right? But, but if, if your main goal is me, 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 think about that. That's probably, that's probably not the, the best way to go about doing it. As a matter of fact, it's not scriptural at all. And then you read further in Proverbs in, in 22, verse 9, it says, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. You know, so so we've talked on this show for many, many times. As a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to do a, a biblically-based seminar coming up here uh, in, in the D.C. area uh, in, in, in the next couple of weeks. And, and we're, one of the things we'll be talking about is the difference between man's economy and God's economy. And there you go. Those two verses in Proverbs really boil it down. You know, man's economy is about me, me, me. He or she who dies with the most toys obviously wins. That's not what the Lord's economy is about. You know, it's about sharing. It's about giving. It's about putting others first. And that includes our time, our talents, our knowledge, our money, and our assets, too. There's a balance mix that we have to save for our futures, right? We have to manage our dollars. But we can't allow money to control us. We have to control money. It's a tool that we have to use. And when you boil it down, the difference between man's economy and God's economy, as I mentioned, we have to use the tools, I'm sorry, we have to use the assets, the money, the real estate, whatever it may be, in man's tools. In other words, when you receive these dollars from your work, you work hard, the Lord blesses you, you have some savings, what is the difference between this mutual fund and that mutual fund? How do we go about doing it from a stewardship position, Chris? That's what we're talking about here. That's the difference. If you'd like us to come on out, we'd be more than happy to come out to your church, your association, and talk to you about the differences between man's economy and God's economy, and then take it one step further and boil it down to understanding how to use the different tools. Is a Roth, we talked about Roth earlier today. Is, is a Roth conversion 
applicable for you, yes or no. Again, man's tools, man's economy, but we're using the Lord's assets with good stewardship principles aimed at them. So we need to understand how the different investment vehicles work, and that's one of the things that, that, that we've done over the years. I have a class coming up here um, with, with, with a uh, – uh, a, a men's group. So again, if if you're interested in us coming out and and doing a, a biblically based financial planning um, uh, seminar or a class, we, we've done tons and tons of these over the years. Be more than happy to do that. Just give us our just give us a call at eight five five Rose one two three. When we go off the air every Saturday, that becomes our toll free number eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Or simply go to my website. LarryRosenthal.com. We'd be happy to send you out any literature or information on any things that we're talking about here today. So, Chris, in breaking down your financial future planning chart again that we're, 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 we're talking about, and, and I'm only getting to a couple of these subject matters here today, but a, a lot of things, too, is, is really diving down. Well, a lot of areas that people really miss is diving down into your employer's plans. How do you maximize your employer's benefits, your employer's plans? How do you maximize your employer's 401K, 403B, the government TSP, your 457 plans? How do we maximize those plans? Matching is one of them, right? Absolutely. And then how do we maximize the benefits that your employers give you? Mm -hmm. Did you sign up for short-term and long-term disability? Did you sign up for the life insurance benefits? Did you sign up for all these different things that your employer plans offer? Most people are not aware of all of the different benefits that their employer plans offer. Many, many employer plans offer the opportunity for, for something as simple as prepaid legal, where you can go get mm-hmm. you know, um, some advice anyway, maybe, maybe not the best thing for your family situation, but at least a starting point on, on a will or a trust possibly. You know, so, so there's lots of different things inside of an employer plan that many, many people all across the country, we have clients all over the country, that leave these benefits on the table. They never even know about them because they don't take the time to actually thumb through the employee handbook. And they go, oh, this was too late. You know, I should have been doing this all these years ago. So Yeah, I saw one the other day. It was interesting. I saw one of those benefits being that you can get uh, a certain amount of money up front if you have some hospital stays that are not necessarily part of your insurance program. And then there's lots of different things in those plans. There really are. You know, that, that's on the health insurance side of things. But also take a look at the disability protection, too. You know, disability is, is one of the least owned insurance policies. And it's the only one that pays you, actually. If you stop and think about it, you know, life insurance is going to pay someone else. Homeowners is going to pay someone else. <laughs> Auto insurance is going to pay someone else, right? Yeah. But disability insurance, if you became sick or injured and you were unable to work, what's going to happen to your paycheck? Do you have paycheck insurance? And disability insurance is offered a lot of times through your employer, both short-term and long-term disability. And it's really not that expensive. And then you can also look to purchase it on your own as well. So, so you know, take a look at that, too, because, you know, wow, in, in, in this day and age with lots of, uh, you know, two breadwinners in the household, if something happens, God forbid, to one of them, what's going to happen to the income? Is your income protect, protected? And that's one of the questions that, that's in our financial planning toolkit. If you want to get a copy of it, shoot us an email at LarryRosenthal.com. Be happy to send you out a copy of our financial planning toolkit. Again, we have sent out thousands of these over the years. Um, and it's free. There's no charge, and, and boom, it'll, it'll get you down the road to, to doing some planning. But uh, a lot of those, 
uh, planning things that are involved in your employer's plan, a lot of people overlook disability insurance and even long-term care insurance. A lot of employer plans offer long-term care insurance opportunities now as well. And that's a whole arena, too, amongst itself is what's the purpose for long-term care insurance? Do you need it, yes or no? Mm And what type of long-term care insurance do you actually need? So let's sort of, you know, moving over to the insurance side of, of, of the conversation here in your financial planning future chart, as we call it, is, you know, the, the purpose of long-term care insurance is to provide adequate care, obviously, for the person in need. But it's also designed, too, to protect assets for survivors, for loved ones, because of the, the tremendous cost that long-term care brings to the family. And so how do you go about getting the correct type of policy? How do you program the right type of policy? There's so many different bells and whistles on a typical long-term care policy. How do you even know where to begin with it? And so you have to really break down and look at, you know, the daily benefit, the length of time, the cost of living adjustments, the stability of of premiums. Um, Is it a joint policy with you and your spouse or is it individuals? Uh, How does it all work out? What's the elimination period? Just all these different checkpoints that you go down and educate yourself on what is involved in shopping the long-term care policy. But then, all of a sudden, backing up to the big picture is do you want to have a traditional type of long-term care policy? Or do you want to have the newer types where it's like a life-slash-long-term care policy? At at the end of the day, the the long-term care insurance needs to be there for the person in need in the care when they, when they, when it's required. However, the traditional long-term care policies tend to go up in cost tremendously as people sort of age through the system because more and more people are going on claim. We've seen that, and, and, and if you have a long-term care policy or, or you know somebody who does, I'm sure that you can relate to exactly what I'm talking about. So there's a there's a sort of a hybrid type of a policy now. It's called a life slash long term care policy, and and here's the deal on that: the the premiums are guaranteed never to go up, and you know that the benefit is going to come back to the family either through the protection of long term care or life insurance proceeds. Whereas the traditional long term care policy, you may pay into it for 25 years and never use it because you may never go into a long term care facility in your lifetime. So stop and think about how is this working? How do I want to program this this policy into my overall financial planning? And long-term care is actually one of the largest blind spots that people have in their financial plan. Uh, so, And it's very expensive, too, when, when it comes down to it. And one of the tricks is on how to pay for long-term care insurance, whether it's the traditional type or the, or the um, life-slash-long-term care, Chris, is – Stop and think about this for a second. In your mind's eye, how much money have you saved? You know, let's suppose you've, you've got, you know, X amount of dollars saved. What if you just take a little bit of interest each year out of those investments and pay for the long-term care policy? That way you're not disturbing your cash flow at all. And essentially, your heirs are actually paying for it out of a little bit of interest that they would have otherwise received, right? So... That's why one of the reasons you're purchasing for it. It makes a lot of sense, logically. But you really need to boil down the long-term care type of product that you really want that, that, that you want to have for, for you and your spouse. It's, it's important to understand that too. If you have uh, questions on long-term care, I've got a long-term care kit that we can send out all the pros and cons about that. be happy to do that. And, and you know for, for our new listeners on Sirius XM 131 Family Talk, 
This is an educational financial planning program. We've sent out all kinds of literature over the years all across the country to, to clients and friends uh, who just want some information. Uh, so, so feel free to do so. Our listeners in the D.C. area, we've been doing this show now for uh, going on 15 years or so. Uh, they're, they're, they're well aware of, of the information packages that we send out. So uh, if you have any questions on anything during the week, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. be more than happy to send you out information that we talk about or if something just pops in your mind, feel free. Or give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. So for Bob in the back. Appreciate you working today, Bob. And for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.